So I'm going to go and jump straight into the passage that we've got for today. Uh, I'm not going to do a, a traditional Chinese New Year message. I'm just going to go and focus on the Joshua series that we've been going through. But today I'm given a very difficult um, passage, actually. It's taken from Joshua 7, where the Israelites, they actually, uh, they, they had just conquered the, the uh, huge fortified city of Jericho. I mean, for those of you who were here last week, we had um, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Wayan who spoke about that. Um, but Today, I'm going to be talking about the next part, what happens next. And it is indeed a very difficult passage as I was preparing for it. But I want to encourage all, all of us to say this, at the end of it, it all ends well. All right, so I want to encourage all of us, let's just stick on for the next 30 minutes or so, and it will all end well. So I have entitled today's message, Defeat. To deliverance, which is taken from uh, Joshua 7 to 8. All right, before I go into the message, why don't we pray? Father God, I want to thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one of us that are here this day. And Lord, we want to thank you, God, for this year of the tiger, that we would truly hurry, hurry, mouth Jesus in everything that we do. And Lord, even right now, as I go through this passage, in Joshua chapter 7 and chapter 8, Lord, that you would use my lips, that you would use the words that I bring forth, that it will not just be my words, a word of words of man, but it will be words that come from you, Lord. And Lord, that it will bless and minister to many of us here this day. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the passage starts in, in Joshua 7, right? And we know that the Israelites, they had just conquered this fierce, fortified city of Jericho. We just heard that last week. But in verse 7, in chapter 7, verse 4, this is what happens. Let's read through starting from verse 4. So about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. So what's happening here is after that great victory, that awesome victory in Jericho, it seemed almost impossible that they could conquer the city of Jericho. But the very next week almost, the Israelites faced great defeat. And, and the city of Ai, or Ai um, is, is a, a city that's a lot weaker, it's a lot smaller compared to Jericho. So they must have felt very disappointed and they were fearful. In fact, before verse 4, in verse 3, the, the Israelites said this confidently about the people of Ai. Verse 3 says this, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai, Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not weary the whole army for only a few people live there. So the Israelites, the people of Israel, they were confident of what they, they could do. And I think that the, the point is they were not just confident, they were overconfident because they said, wow, this big city, we could conquer. What is a city like Ai, a small city like Ai? And this is actually a human problem. 
we do one thing well, we have great success, we get confident, we get to the point that we are overconfident, we say, hey, I can conquer the world. But then, the very next thing that happens, it it seems like it doesn't work out. It fails miserably. And then we lose confidence all over again, right? So I'm not sure how many of you here are football fans, especially uh, the English Premier League. Pastor Chi was the first to raise his hand. Um, but anybody else, you know, football fans, it's, it's okay, it's, it's not sinful, it's, it's, it's fine. I see a couple of ushers who are football fans. Well, don't worry, I'm not a football fan, but I used to play football uh, in my teens, okay? So I, I'm, a, I'm a player, I'm not a spectator, right? So I played football, but I follow the, the English Premier League. And imagine um, for some of us here, you, you are a fan or you, you are, uh, you, you're a supporter of the team of um, Manchester United, right? So imagine that, uh, that you, you are a supporter of this team. And I know there are very uh, ardent supporters right here in our midst today, right? So imagine one week, you know, your team is uh, playing against a, a strong team, say like Arsenal or Liverpool or, or Chelsea. Insert whatever team that you think is a strong team here, Right? And you go against that team and you achieve great victory. You win with like a hat-trick, you know, like, like five goals beyond the other team. Five nil, something like that. And then the very next week, you go against a team like Burnley, Crystal Palace or something like that, you know. Portsmouth, whatever weaker team that you, you have in the league. And what happens is you face great defeat. Not you, but your team. Manchester United faces great defeat. How would you feel? How would you, ex- how would you like going through that experience? Can you imagine the disappointment, the disillusionment that the players would have felt? They would be demoralized, they would be demotivated, and they would be completely discouraged because they would have thought to themselves, hey, last week we conquered this great, awesome team, but this week, We couldn't even conquer a simple team. We we couldn't even beat a simple team like that. And that is the same thing that the Israelites would have been faced with even as they battled to defeat AI. And they were, in fact, defeated by AI. But the question is this. Why were they defeated? Why were they defeated? And we're going to move down to the next part in verse 11. It says this, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I I have commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. Achan, or Achan, since it's Chinese New Year, replied, It is true, I have sinned against the Lord. Um, Sorry, we're jumping down to verse 20. This is what I have done. In verse 21, it says, When I saw in the plunder of the beautiful robe from Babylonia 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Now let's quickly go to chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 18. Let's find out what exactly did the Lord command the people of Israel, and how did Achan sin against God? How did, God, how did he uh, disobey God? In Joshua 6, 18, it says this, But keep away from the devoted things, 
so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. So Achan deliberately disobeyed God. And because of his sin, because of his disobedience, all the Israelites had to pay. And how did they pay? Well, they, they firstly paid by defeat in the battle with Ai, but there were some who actually paid with their own lives. And, you know, you may be thinking, hey, it's Achan who, who did that sin. It's Achan alone who disobeyed God. And you may be thinking, hey, this is not fair. Because of the sin of one man, one person, Achan, all of us have to pay. All of us have to bear the consequences of that sin. And all the Israelites did have to go through that. But here's the thing. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. No matter how you say it, no matter how you try and spin it, if you're doing something that is outside the will of God, that is sin. And that's against God's will. Let me just give us some comparisons that, that I've uh, looked up in the Bible. Some incidents, some quite similar, but some different, but all of them are disobedient. All of them are against God. And you can see for yourself the outcomes of all of them. All right, so the first one is King Saul in the Bible. It's taken from 1 Samuel 15, in case you're looking it up. So God instructed King Saul to kill, to completely destroy all the Amalekites. And for those of us who study English, all means all, right? All means all. But did King Saul, King Saul totally destroy the Amalekites? Did he destroy everything? No. He, he almost did. He was very close. But he spared the best sheep. He spared the best cattle. He, he spared the fat calves and lambs. But everything that was weak, he destroyed. It sounds like he, he obeyed God, right? But he didn't to the last letter, to the T. And when the prophet Samuel came up and confronted him, confronted uh, King Saul, he said he, he had already set up a monument for himself. And he said, yes, confidently, I've done what the Lord commandment, commanded me to do. But did he really? Samuel said this, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? And the Bible records that the Lord rejected Saul as king. And it is even recorded that the Lord felt regret that he had chosen Saul to be king over Israel. That is a very interesting but painful story just because of simple disobedience. Secondly, I'd like to bring the story of uh, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, it, this was at the time where in, in Acts 5, the, all the people were, were bringing their, their land, their proceeds, and, and uh, what Ananias and Sapphira did, they had kept back some of the proceeds that they had from that sale of the land when they and the disciples had already agreed that whatever is brought together will be shared among everyone so that everyone will have everything in common. And in the Bible, it says there was actually no needy people that were among them. 
what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? Well, they dropped dead, one after the other, and their bodies were dragged out of that place. All right, so these are two examples, but now let's look back at Joshua 7, today's story, the sin of Achan, right? Let's look at Achan. When he sinned, what did he do? Firstly, he coveted the things that they had plundered and he kept it for himself. He must have thought, wow, you know, these are good things. These are expensive things. How will they know? Nobody is going to know. No one can see me doing this. But the fact of the matter is this. God knows. God sees. God sees everything that we do, even in secret. And what happened to Achan? Well, he was actually stoned together with everything that he had kept for himself and together with his whole family, and all of them were burned. All right, and that is not a very good ending. And I don't know about you, but after hearing this story together with all the other stories, I'm actually quite fearful for my life. You know, the God that we, we, we believe in, the God that we talk about, He means business. You know, He's not one to be like, it's okay lah, you can disobey me, I'll be okay with it. He forgives if you repent, but if we continue sinning, this is the outcome we're going to face. Let's go on further in, in Joshua chapter 7. What was going on with Achan and all the people of Israel? Let's go to verse 24, which says this, Joshua together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the rope, the goba, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent and all that he, he had to the valley of Akor. Akor is not elder brother, right? Um, it means something completely different. Akor actually means disaster. It actually means trouble. And what Achan was going through was utter disaster. It was complete trouble because of his own disobedience. And, you know, because of the sin of one man, Achan, the whole of the people of Israel went through this disaster, this trouble together. But, but, there is always, always light at the end of the tunnel. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to jump down to chapter 8, which says in verse 1, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. So Josh, God gave Joshua very specific instructions in how to defeat the people of, of Ai, the land of Ai. And this time, God said to plunder it. Before in Jericho, God said, don't touch anything, don't take anything. But this time, because I've commanded you, you can plunder it. And it is not about a feeling. It's not about what Joshua felt like or, or Joshua uh, said. But it's because the Lord said so. And that's how he delivered. The Lord delivered the, Israel, the, the, the land of Ai into Joshua and the Israelites' hands. So it is not by man's hands. It is not by their own strength. But it is by the hand of God. It is by the will of God. And 
all we need to do as, as humans, as people who follow God, we just need to follow the specific instructions that God gives us at any point of time. You know, before I move on from this, I'd like to, to, for us to understand about sin. And I've summarized it in this way with, with just these three uh, sentences. If God says something and we don't do it, it's called disobedience, which is sin. Like Jonah, who refused to go to Nineveh, there will be trouble until and unless you do it. So if God says it, we don't do it, that's sin. But if God doesn't say it, but we do something, like Achan, who he himself, he just decided, I want to take the plunder after conquering Jericho. That's disobedience. And that's sin. And there will be disaster, there will be disappointment, there will be discouragement that you would face. And even to the point of paying with our own lives, like Achan, Achan paid with his own life because he had broken the laws of God. But the last sentence is this. If God says something and we do it, we obey it to the T, we obey every single word that He says, regardless of the challenges we face, regardless of the obstacles we face, that is called obedience. And there is no example of obedience better than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And we all know what He did, right? Because He laid His life down to die for us, for all of us, so that we will be saved and we will have a relationship with God the Father. And that, my friends, is true obedience. Friends, I'd like to share a story with, with all of us that I believe um, I've shared part of the story with some of you, but it's actually a personal story of mine. It's something that, that um, my wife and I went through, actually, in, in this journey. So in, in 2019, um, my wife and I, uh, we went through a miscarriage. And uh, I, I think I shared that a couple of uh, months back when, when, I, when I was uh, speaking one of the times. And after that, we went into uh, the, the lockdown or maybe a movement control order for the most part. But what happened or what seemed to be happening was nothing. It seemed like nothing was happening uh, in that front, in that department, right? So, yeah, we had a miscarriage. Uh, uh, everything was, was cleared out fine. But then I was seeking God. I said, God, as we were trying, but nothing is happening, I was seeking God during the 40 days fast. And I asked God, God, what is in store for me next? What is uh, up in store for me uh, next, in, in the coming years and weeks. And I sense God giving me this word, just one word, fatherhood. And my response to this was, God, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. Uh, uh, you know, give me something more spiritual, more meaningful. Uh, this, this whole journey of fatherhood is a normal journey for everyone. You know, um, uh, for any young couple who's just got married, it's a normal thing to, to have, have children, you know, to, to uh, be fruitful, to multiply. But I want something for the church. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a leader, right? Give me something for the church. But as I was seeking the Lord, I sensed that He said the same word. It is fatherhood. Whether it's for you 
or the church. And I was actually quite disappointed because it doesn't seem like an extravagant word. It doesn't seem like this out of the ordinary, you know, powerful word from God. But I just took it as God's word for me. Sometime later, a friend of ours came up to, to Shamin, my wife actually, and said, hey, Joel, Shamin, I've got this baby caught and uh, I've, I've got no, no use for it because my, my uh, child has outgrown it. Would you like to take it from us? You know, just that there's a little small part that's, that's a bit chipped off and you know, if you can repair it, go ahead and take it. So you know, we, we went up to this person's house, we went out uh, and picked up this, this baby cot. By the way, there's nothing superstitious, all right? We just picked it up as a logical move because we said if we can fix up that cot, we save a thousand ringgit, okay? It's completely logical, it just makes sense. Um, and we, we fixed it up, uh, we made it work, and it is now in our house. It's, it's ready there, but it's, it's not filled yet, right? And, and uh, even as, I was, uh, as we were putting it together, um, uh, I took it as, you know, nobody talked to that particular friend of ours that God had spoken to me about fatherhood. But this was the first step, I believe, that we took by faith. We just took it and, and we assembled it, right? Not long later, I joined this ministry um, or this group called Accomplish. Um, some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may be part of it. Um, and it started right here in SIBKL. And it's a, a, a group that focuses on the marketplace, on the workplace. And in one of those connect circles, as I was sharing my journey, my struggles with, with the group over there, um, by the way, I'm a pastor and I'm only human, right? So we also have struggles and we also have things that we need to deal with. So as I was talking to the group, one of them said, hey, my wife is a gynae in a hospital. Why don't you and your wife go ahead and check out what's going on, you know, go and, 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 and see what is the next step that you need to take. You know, give, uh, give yourself other options if you need. And around that time, I was also beginning another connect circle with some leaders in various ministries. Um, some of you who are leaders may know that we started this, this whole season that we're going into uh, connect circles. And in that connect circle, one of the questions was this, what is God leading you towards in, in this year? And of course, I shared, I, I said, you know, the word for me that I feel is fatherhood. I don't understand it, I don't know what it means, but... I'm going to take it as God's word for me. So what happened after that is that my wife and I, we went for all the tests. So this is early last year, early 2021. We went for all the tests that's necessary for both husband and wife, right? So we were given all the test results and we were given the all clear. And the, doc the doctor looked at us and said, hey, you guys, Joel, Shamin, there is no reason for you not to conceive. Everything is completely fine. Everything is normal. And, and I wouldn't be concerned if I were you because the fact that you had a miscarriage, although it's painful, it means that you can conceive. It's just a matter of time. And this report, it was finalized, it was given to us in April 2021, just about a year ago. And it was just before the long lo lockdown that we had last year, about six, seven months. And, you know, my wife and I, we said to each other, great, we've got a good report. We're going into a time of lockdown. It's just both of us at home. We can do this. You know, we can, can conceive and have a child. And, and I, at that point of time, I believed God's promise is closer than before. 
and it was a lot closer than I, than I thought. So the lockdown started, but then weeks passed, and weeks turned into months, and months turned into many months. And even the lockdown began to lift in, in I think it was September, October last year, not too long ago. And actually, the fact of the matter is, my wife and I were getting a little bit concerned, we were getting a little bit worried, because nothing seemed to be happening all this while. And at that time, my wife actually asked me, are you sure you heard from God? As a, as a husband, and secondly, as a pastor, that's a very scary question to be asked, all right? Um, and she asked me, how did he speak? And actually, the Lord had been speaking to her separately about the same thing, this whole journey of parenthood that we are going through. But what was happening then is that we, we were just trying to draw strength, draw faith from each, each other. I must admit that I really doubted myself, whether I really heard God at that point of time. And then we actually discussed, you know, should we consider any assisted reproductive um, uh, techniques, you know, like uh, IUI or IVF, because that's the normal progression of people. That's the normal progression of fertility treatment. And I thought and I prayed about it, and I said, dear Shamin, I think we can't go for these methods. Not because it's wrong, but because when God spoke, He specifically said fatherhood. And in the same way that God spoke to Abraham all those years ago, and, you know, Abraham did what was not so right by, by sleeping with his, his handmaid, Hagar, and he got Ishmael, which was not part of God's plan. In the same way, these assisted reproductive technologies, while it's completely acceptable, it is not what the Lord has uh, asked for us. It's, let me remind this uh, again, okay? It's, uh, let me say it here again, just in case you didn't catch that, there is nothing wrong and, uh, with uh, assisted reproductive technologies. I know of people who have done it. That itself, it is a journey. It is your journey that you need to go through. There's some of you will be going through that journey. But, but, for Joel and Shamin, the both of us, in 2021, we knew that we were not to go for these methods. And the very next day after we had this uh, uh, passionate discussion. We, uh, Shamin saw this on her Instagram post, and it says this, don't create an Ishmael while you wait on your Isaac. And at that point of time, we both knew that we were on the right track. So I ran to God and I said, God, I want to trust in you, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I can, I can wait for so long. You know, Abraham, he waited 12 years plus another 13 years for uh, Ishmael and then Isaac, right? But I want to trust you. Please help me trust you. I was quite desperate. I was disappointed at that point. Then, as the time went on, it was the 14th of November. I remember the date very clearly because we did a pregnancy test and it was positive. And we were overjoyed. Yeah, let's give God praise. And actually, tears welled up in my eyes, not because I was overjoyed. Well, that was true, um, but because I knew that God had come through for us. And my wife tells me, wow, our wedding day, you don't even tear up. But now when you get this positive pregnancy result, you tear up. 
because I know who my God is and I know that my God came through for me. And at this point, I knew that I knew that I knew without a doubt that God is real, that His plans, purposes, and promises, and even His timing is the best that I can ask for. You know, what I learned from this experience is not just about whether or not I can trust God. And that's something that I've grown. My faith has definitely grown by leaps and bounds. And, and it's something that, that uh, many of us need to journey with as well. But one more thing I learned is that God holds true to His words and to His promises. And you know that, that word fatherhood, that word that I thought was not spiritual at all, it is more spiritual. It, is, it has so much spiritual depth that I didn't understand before because it says this about, uh, about the, uh, in the Bible. It says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of generations. He's a God that focuses on fatherhood. In Psalms, it says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Passing down your legacy, our legacy, it's not just about a method or a format, but it's about one generation to the next generation, fatherhood. The next one, in 1 Corinthians, it says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. And you know something? This is something that is needed in our church and in many of the churches around this whole idea of fatherhood. We don't need more leaders, although that is true, it's necessary, but we need more people with hearts of fathers, people who are willing to lay down their life for their children, for their, their spouse, their families. And that's something that I realized was so deep and it was happening right in front of me. And I didn't even realize this. On top of all this that I've shared, I'm thankful that our, our marriage, Shamin and I, our marriage has become stronger than ever because we've had the privilege of going through two marriage courses. And it's, it's not because we had a lot of issues and we had to go through these courses, right? The first one was um, two equals one where I think uh, some of you have gone for the, the uh, session last week. But the other one was Alpha Marriage Course. And through, through these marriage courses, you know, it's not that uh, we had multiple issues that we need to deal with, but what I like to see it is as our marriage has gone through a double upgrade, our marriage has gone through a double promotion almost, and it's been really upgraded. We are beginning to understand each other even better. You know, uh, uh, even in the past couple of months, a lot of times I, I, I say things in a certain way. I say, I haven't changed, but my wife says, Joel, you've really changed from the first day I, I married you. And incidentally, we got married right here. And on top of all this, as we were going through this, our personal lives um, within the church, um, so we gathered as young adult zone leaders. And, and as I mentioned, I'm one of the, the YA pastors as well. And in that room, incidentally, there were 12 families represented in that room. And as I was looking around, Almost every person, almost every family, they either had a newborn or they were about to give birth to someone, uh, to a newborn very soon. And it was just in the span of a couple of months and it had nothing to do with our age because some were in our early 30s, some were in our mid-30s like myself 
and some were even in, in uh, their, their early 40s. So age is just a number, but God sees the whole picture. And all of us, we, we may have different journeys. We may have a journey that we may go through on a personal level. We may have a journey that we're going through on a family level. But God sees everything in a big picture. So God sees us not just as, a, as an individual, as a family, but He sees us as a church. He sees us as a nation. He sees us as His body. We are called the body of Christ. And God has that overseeing picture upon all of us. And I want to say a special thank you to many of you, some of you that have journeyed with us on a personal basis, and some of you I, I just met and said, hey, we've been praying for you. I want to say thank you so much for praying for the both of us because through your prayers, through your encouragement, through your upholding us in prayer, the Lord has come through for us. And for that, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for, for the many of you. And today, right now, we are at 16 weeks of this pregnancy. We are about to find out the gender of the baby tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll find out where it, whether it's a... a, a, a it's definitely going to be a baby tiger, right? Uh, but whether it's a girl or a boy. So uh, continue to, to, to bless us as well. But I want to thank God because so far, thus far, it's been good. So far, God has been good to us and He's been faithful to all of us. Amen. So before I close for today, I want to bring us back to Joshua chapter 7, Joshua chapter 8, which I just went through. And I want to talk about what I have brought through this, this morning. Firstly, it was defeat. And the Israelites faced defeat in the battle of Ai right after they have achieved great success in Jericho. And why did they face this defeat? It could be because they were overconfident, but it was clearly because of disobedience. It was the disobedience of just one man, Achan, the sin of Achan, that caused all of them to be in this trouble. And because of that sin, it caused the whole of the Israelite people to go through this disaster, this trouble together. But finally, finally, in, verse eight, in chapter 8, verse 1, it says that there was deliverance. Even as they began to turn back to God, they repented of their ways. They turned from their wicked ways. They asked God for forgiveness. God came through. And they received deliverance in a way they could not have thought possible. They could not even believe that it happened. But it did because God came through for them. Amen. Friends, even as I close today, I've been talking about defeat to deliverance. Defeat to deliverance. And I want to encourage all of us because the distance between that defeat and that deliverance is just a short way and all it takes is obedience, full obedience, complete obedience to God's plans, God's purposes and God's ways. You may not agree with it, you may not understand it, but that's all it takes, obedience. It's as simple as that. 
We don't need to be so smart. We don't need to be so wise in our own eyes. Just be obedient to God. Amen. I want to pray for a couple of groups of people. I know all of us are eager to go for our Chinese New Year celebration with, with our friends, family members and relatives. But I want to bless some people here with this. And there are two groups of people right here that I'd like to pray for. And the first group of people is this. You are going through some kind of defeat, some kind of disappointment, some kind of discouragement in your life. And it could be caused by a sin, but it may not even be your own fault. I'm going to encourage all of us to just close our eyes. No one looking around. I want to pray for you. If that is you this morning, you are facing some kind of defeat, some kind of discouragement, some kind of disillusionment maybe, and you're asking God, God, please come through for me. I'm sorry if I've done something wrong, but it could, not, could maybe even be not because of what I've done, but I, you're going through it. Can I encourage you to just put your hands in a posture of surrender? And I'd like to pray for all of you here. Amen. If that's you, let me just pray for you. Don't worry, even as, as you stretch out your hands, no one is looking around. It is the Lord that sees you, that trouble, that difficulty, that disaster that you face. He's going to come through for you. He's going to deliver you. So let's pray for all these people that have their hands stretched out this morning. Even for those of you who are at home, online, I'm going to encourage you, just receive this prayer because the Lord is there for you and for me. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for each and every one of us that are here. We thank you, Lord, for the people that have their hands stretched out in surrender. Lord, they may be going through some form of defeat, some form of discouragement, some form of disaster in their life. And Lord, some of them may be even asking you, Lord, what did I do? Have I done something wrong? And Lord, if, if that is the case, I pray, Lord, that you would show them, you would reveal what they need to remove from their life, what they need to change. But Lord, if there is nothing they have done wrong, I pray that, that Lord, they will continue to bless you continue to honour you, continue to be with you and walk with you wherever they go. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to encourage them and bless them. And Lord, even as you've brought deliverance to the people of Israel, even as they conquered the land of Ai, Lord, that you will bring deliverance to these, my brothers and sisters here this morning, both here physically in Bangunanyin as well as at home. Lord, I want to pray that, Lord, Your presence would be with us and, Lord, that we would trust Your Word every step of the way, that it will not be what we think is best. It will not be just a man's Word, but it will be Your Word in our lives. It will not be by might nor by power, but by Your Spirit. We thank You, Lord. We praise You in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to pray for a second group of us this morning. You know, even as you've heard this message from Joshua chapter 7 to 8, 
talking about defeat to deliverance. And the key is always in the middle. It's that obedience. It's that following Christ. I want to encourage you here. If there's anyone here, you want to make a stand today. You want to say that I want to follow Christ. I want to obey His will. No matter what other people say, no matter what I think of it, but I want to follow Jesus every step of the way. I want to encourage you to just stand on your feet. And if that is you, you know, some of you may have been Christians for many years, but today you are reminding yourself, you are making a commitment between yourself and God to say, God, this day I stand here, not because everyone else is looking around, but because I want to make a commitment just as Joshua did and we will read later on Joshua said this as for me and my household we will serve the Lord and if that is you today I want to encourage you to all rise to your feet because it's a, it's a declaration you're making a statement that I want to obey God even in this time of Chinese New Year where you, you gather with your family I want to honour God I want to obey God in everything that I do Amen. So why don't I just pray for each and every one of you that are standing here, even for those of you at home. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for all these people who have made a commitment. Lord, even for those who've been believers for many years, but Lord, this day on the 30th of January 2022, the year of a tiger, Lord, we want to say that we put our faith and our hope not in man, not in our bank account, but Lord, in the Lion of Judah. Lord, we want to put our faith and hope in You, Lord, because You are the one who is able to bring us deliverance. You are the one who is able to bring us out of the trouble that we face. And Lord, You are the one that's worthy of all praise. And Lord, we want to trust in Your ways, Your plans, and Your purposes for our lives and for our families. We want to thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all rise together even as we sing this song in closing. Amen. Amen. That we want to make room for your plans, for your ways in our lives, in our families, in our church, and even in this nation. Lord, we may not understand your ways, but Lord, all you ask of us is simple, faithful obedience. And I pray, Lord, that that will be true for each and every one of us, that we would obey every instruction, every command you have given us. And Lord, you would bring us deliverance, no matter what we are struggling with, no matter what we are going through, you would grant us that deliverance. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you shalom. Amen. God bless all of you. I want to say have a blessed time with all of your family and relatives and have a blessed Chinese New Year celebration. We will see each 